0: Fantastic. Come and grab your seat if if you've made your way elsewhere. Oh, that's great. Real buzz in the room. Amazing. Happy New Year to you all. Um, If you are here um, because you came to our carol service and we invited you back to hear more about peace, uh, it is good to see you. We're going to be thinking about peace over the next few weeks. So we're at the start of this new year, 2024. And I wonder if I were to take a poll in the room this morning. I'm not going to, so don't panic. Um, But if I were to, um, about how you're all feeling at the start of this new year, I imagine there might be a range of responses, right? I know some people who get all out excited at the prospect of new year, you know, new opportunities, new resolutions, fresh starts. Call me melancholy, but I don't always share the same hype. Um, sometimes I feel like it can all feel a little bit hollow. Uh, so this morning, um, when you think about the coming year ahead of you, how do you feel? No answers, you don't need to say it out loud, I just want you to sit with that thought for a minute. If I'm being honest with you, the truth is that for me this past week, I've really had to grapple um, with this thing about this being a new year that we're walking into. I don't like packing away the Christmas decorations and putting them in a box. I want the twinkly lights to stay out there. I want the lights to stay shining in the dark a little bit more in these kind of long, dark nights. And as I've been thinking about this this week, I've really had to intentionally think about holding on to hope. And you might be thinking, well, you know, I thought the next few weeks we were talking about peace, and here I am talking about hope. But I think the thing is that they're really closely linked, because when we feel anxiety and when we feel a lack of peace, That's when we often lose sight of hope. So instead of hype, how do we step into this new year with hope in our hearts? How do we step into this new year with whatever it may hold for us, with whatever we may experience and still experience peace? And the passage that we're looking at today, um, I think, has something to say about this. So if you've got your Bibles with you, uh, turn to Matthew chapter 8. This is where some of you get out the ancient kind of paper thing and some of you just look on your phones. There are We have got spare copies of Bibles on the back table if you've not got one and you want to pick one up. Okay, so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 8 and we're going to start at verse... Uh, 23. But just to give you a bit of context before we start, before this bit that we're going to read, Jesus has been super busy. He's been healing many, many people, and a crowd has gathered around him. And at that point, Jesus says to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. They're in a boat. Okay, so we're going to pick the story up at verse 23. And it says this, then he, that's Jesus, got into the boat And his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and they asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Just a short passage, but so much in it. We have had some wild weather lately. Uh, This is a photo coming up soon, I hope, um, of the waves that were at New Haven this past week, maybe a week and a half ago, when Storm Henk hit. Have we got any of those up on the screen coming up? Maybe. Anything happening over there with the PowerPoint? Oh, there we go. Graham's just looking at me, like into thin air. Yeah, that's your bit. Yeah? Okay. All right. Great. Great. Okay. There we go. That was the reading that we just read. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We we talked about going slick, didn't we, at the start of New Year? Here we go. Okay. No, go back one. Go back one. There should just be a picture of this on its own. Without the text, is there one anyway, you've got the picture there, okay that is a picture of um, a storm that happened storm hank um, happened in New Haven like look at the seriously look at the size of those waves like that is crazy right and that and see how little the person looks We've had some seriously big rain and some seriously mad weather and strong winds of uprooted trees and rivers that have flooded, and people who've had to... Even this morning, I was talking to someone who, whose member of their family has, had to, has been affected by flooding this week. And the story that we've just read is an actual account of something that actually happened. It was about real weather and what Jesus did in the middle of that real weather. And yet, as we read it, what we also realise is that it has something to say about us experiencing peace in the middle of the storms of life, so not just the kind of climate kind of weather. So as we kind of go through this passage this morning, we're just going to look at the different people in the story because their responses to the events that unfold are very different, and yet they are literally in the same boat. Sorry, pun intended. The circumstances around them are completely the same, but they respond in very, very different ways to what comes. So first of all, let's look at the disciples. So all of a sudden this is squall that comes up from nowhere and what had previously been just this opportunity to get away from the crowds and to experience a bit of peace after the busyness of the day, it suddenly turns into this completely different experience and something that becomes very hazardous. And what I imagine is that as the storm starts to envelop the disciples, they become more and more overwhelmed like kind of what we're facing in this moment, what we're in the middle of, what is surrounding us, what is too big, too overwhelming, too scary, too out of control, all these things coming at them. And as the storm gathers pace and the waves crash in over the top of them, they're like, I can't take this anymore. When, you know, when is this going to stop? We're on our own. We're not going to make it. And I wonder if you have ever had those thoughts with the things that you face. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by what is going on around you or within you? I have. And what struck me as I was sitting with this story this week was, at what point do the disciples decide they need Jesus? Like literally, when they think they're about to die. That's when they think Ah, oh, this is when I need Jesus. When, when fear has completely overtaken them, when they're battered and bruised by the elements, by the wind and the waves. Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Like, why do we wait so long to call on Jesus? Surely, it's got to be better for us to recognise our need of Jesus well before that, like way, way before at what point do we recognise that our being self-sufficient in the moment is not sufficient at all? You know, years ago, um, when the children were little, we were once on holiday uh, in a camper van, and one night this massive, massive storm happened—like electric storm—happened right over the top of us. Now, if if you've ever been in a camper van or something like that, or say, let's say, a tent okay there's not that much difference when you've got a massive electric storm over the top of you and um, all by one of us woke up that night and were kind of watching like watching the whole sky kind of crackle and thunder booming and the rain lashing down and we were caught in the middle of this thing but one of our children slept all the way through it couldn't even believe it had happened that following morning. But for the rest of us, it totally consumed our senses, like it was all that we talked about the next day. Just hold that picture in your mind for a bit, uh, but let's get back to the passage. So what was Jesus doing? We know what the disciples were doing. What was Jesus doing while all this was happening? Jesus was sleeping. Right, the Passion Translation of this part of the verse says, yet Jesus continued to sleep soundly. I love the words, the use of the word in there, yet. Like all this crazy stuff is going on, and yet, even in the middle of that, Jesus is just sleeping like a baby. Like, how could Jesus have been so unaffected by what was going on around him? All of this chaos, and yet there he is asleep. And to the disciples, I think it probably looked like he was sleeping on the job. But he is so grounded that he is at peace even in the middle of an almighty storm. And when he wakes, he says, why are you gripped with fear? And as we watch and we feel the events unfold, it's like Jesus offers us this invitation to live differently in the face of anxiety, to live differently in the face of fear, to live differently in the face of the unknown or when we feel overwhelmed. Because Jesus is this, as we kind of look at him throughout the scriptures, and if you, if you don't, you know, you don't know where to look. Come and find one of us later. We'll show you point after point after point in the scriptures where we see that Jesus is this non-anxious presence in the middle of a storm, because he knows who he is, and he knows whose he is, and he knows who is with him. He is beloved. That's who he is. He's loved. We hear that when he's baptised. We hear um, the Spirit of God comes and this voice says, this is my beloved. He is God's own son. That's whose he is. And there's this total trust and this proximity between God the Father and Jesus the Son. And time and time again, we see how Jesus takes himself off to a secret place just to be alone with the Father. And he also knows who is with him, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus says of himself, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. The Holy Spirit is one and a part of Jesus. So Jesus is the very presence and peace of God in this moment. He is not overwhelmed by the raging of the wind and the waves. And I've been mulling over this talk for a little while. And we were, you know, it was a run up to Christmas. We were going along just fine. And then a the week before Christmas, as a family, we suddenly found ourselves in the middle of what felt like this mighty storm that swept in out of nowhere. A whole load of unplanned, scary stuff came out, and um, for a few days we just felt a bit battered, and we asked for some of you to pray specifically for what was going on, and that we would know God's peace in the middle of it. You know, sometimes the wailing of a loved one can feel like the wailing of the wind, and it can chill you to the bone. Sometimes the fear of the unknown or of a possible worst-case scenario can feel like you're just waiting for another wave to come crashing in and swipe you off your feet. Sometimes the storm that you experience somehow reminds you of other storms that you've been through, and all the feelings that accompanied that at the time come rushing back in and sweep over you. Sometimes the things that we face, feel or are literally life-threatening and our instinct is to protect ourselves and the lives of those that we love. Sometimes the turmoil of our thoughts and our frustrations, our disappointments and our pain can feel like we're in the middle of our very own storm that no one else can see, but it just rages on within us. And sometimes we've battened down the hatches and hunkered down for so long that we can't even imagine what peace might feel like and we can't even hope that one day it might come. Happy New Year! (laughs) Um, But what we clamor for in the middle of all these things is peace. And the truth is that our place of refuge is the person of Jesus. We cannot find peace in any other place or in any other thing or in any other person. The Prince of Peace himself, he is the one that we come to. And he is the person that gives us peace for our souls in the place of difficulty. You know, in the coming of Jesus, the Prince of Peace has come. And we can invite him into our lives, into our hearts, our circumstances, into everything that we face, into our thinking, our planning, into our brokenness, our disappointments, into our hopes and our dreams for the years to come. And as we call on him, as we invite him in, we can experience this peace that he brings. Even if our circumstances don't change, there can be a change in us when we encounter the grounding presence and peace of Jesus. And the truth of the quiet, backstreet coming of Jesus uh, is that he doesn't stay in the manger. Um, His coming is announced as well by the fanfare of angels because his coming is worth shouting about. This blazing presence of the peace-bringing God incarnate coming here to earth to be with us. So we don't need the hype of New Year, but we do need the hope. And in the calming of the Prince of Peace, there is hope for us yet. So how can we become more aware of this God that is with us, that is in the same boat? How can we become aware of the presence of Jesus? How can we experience more of his peace in the face of things to come? And the first thing that I would suggest want to suggest three really simple things. The first one is this: that we recognise the storm that we're in, that we feel the brunt of it, that we notice how it affects our thinking and our feeling, that we notice how it scatters our senses. We do and we will experience storms in life. We can't get away from that. And to pretend that we won't or that we don't is not to be authentic or honest with ourselves or other people. But Jesus invites us to see him in the middle of it all. You know, it's easy to become overwhelmed when all we're feeling is the kind of colossal power of the wind and waves around us, all the while not noticing the very person who's right there with us. And he invites us to know that he's with us. Peace comes in his presence. We sang that this morning. I love your presence um, and the peace that it brings. And sometimes, you know, I think I've touched on this already, but we call on the name of Jesus and the storm might not be silenced. At other times, the storm is silenced by the words from his mouth. Whatever the external circumstances, whether they stay the same or they change, what we can experience in the moment is the presence of the Prince of Peace and his peace that is beyond understanding that doesn't make sense, but he comes. So the first thing is recognize the storm. And the second thing is look to Jesus. And just to be really practical, if I think about this storm that kind of hit our family for those few days before Christmas, um, sometimes I just had to pause. I had to breathe. I had to seek moments out to know the presence of God. And I could choose to do that or not. And if I chose not to in that moment, I would quickly get caught up in this fear and uncertainty of what seemed to be unravelling around me. But when I chose to look to Jesus, there was a difference Sometimes I felt his peace tangibly, and sometimes I didn't so much feel it, but I still knew it, that he was right there with me and with the people that I love. But, you know, when I was was thinking as well just about this whole kind of coming into this new year, and I really, really have wrestled with holding on to hope this week. Um, Like, I should be full of hope, but I haven't quite felt that hopeful. And I felt like the Lord said to me, He kind of got this a bit skewed, kind of what he said to the disciples. Why do you doubt me? Like, why are you so afraid? I'm with you. You're trying to weather the storm, the anticipated storm of what might come um, on your own. You're trying to face it without me, but I'm here. You're with me. I'm right here. And if you let me, we'll face whatever is to come in 2024 together. But you have to let me. You have to let me in. And I know this, but I've had to know it again this week. I've had to push into knowing it again this week. And I think it's our stubbornness, our totally inefficient self-sufficiency that can get in the way of us receiving the peace that God so wants to give us. And part of the process for me this week has been actually making a list making a list of those things that I might, I am worried about this, this coming year, I'm worried about this relationship, I'm worried about this thing that's happening in my wider family, I'm worried about, you know, what I might be doing, this, you know, y- all those things, and I, I kind of made a list, and it was a long list, <laughs> it was a long list, but um. I'm saying that because I feel like it's a really practical thing to do. In the writing of that list, I felt like the Lord said to me, I'm with you in all those things, whatever they may play out like, I am here with you and we will weather this together. The Prince of Peace right by my side. So I just want to suggest to you this morning, if you feel a bit like 2024, not quite as up for it as other people, like maybe make a list, make a list of those things that you're feeling anxious about and invite the Spirit of God, invite the presence of Jesus into that place, into your anxiety. Um, I don't know if any of you um, use the Lectio 365 app. Anyone use that? Do you know what? It's a brilliant, brilliant app. Um, it's just um, a daily. Uh, they look at a portion of scripture. They maybe have a theme. And each day you can just click into it. And it's a time to pause and pray. Um, it's a brilliant app. Um, this is how each day starts. With these words, which I love. As I enter prayer now, I pause to be still. To breathe slowly to re-centre my scattered senses upon the presence of God. And that's what happens with that. In, in our storms, when we're facing the storms, our senses get completely scattered. We disintegrate. We become ungrounded. We lose any sense of hope and identity and purpose. We get tossed about by the wind and the waves. But when we look to Jesus, when we see who is with us, It's in his presence that we find peace. So do whatever you can to be in his presence, to live in his presence, to experience the person of Jesus and notice what distracts you from his presence. It could be any number of things. It might be busyness, it might be a sense of shame, it might be a sense of fear. Begin to notice those things when you're avoiding being in his presence and instead counteract it with something that will bring you full pelt, into his presence. So how do we do that? A third thing, practice being in his presence. And I want to ask you, what spiritual practices do you currently do that help you to experience the presence of God? It might be worshipping. It might be shoving on some worship music and just worshipping. It might be silence. It might be going for a walk in nature. It might be treasuring specific verses in the Bible that just really resonate with you at the moment. For some of you mad people, it might be things like going for a run, not me, but it might be things like crea- creating something. All those different ways that we can experience and encounter the person of Jesus. And more than any other New Year's resolution you might make at the start of this year, I want to encourage you to do that thing or do those things that bring you into the presence of God. Because in that place is where you'll experience his peace, regardless of what is going on around you. So I want to encourage you to get into the habit of doing those things in season and out of season so that when the storms come, You have this grounding. You know where to go to. You know who to go to to experience the Prince of Peace. So I'm going to close and I just want to ask you a few questions. What anxiety do you face right now? What world's around you? What might you be fearful of as you start this new year? Where do you need to experience the stilling of the storm? And we're just going to pray.